Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 69, What Lives in Sandy Beaches? Sandy beaches look dead. That's the conclusion I've drawn from walking along them, whether that's Sand Beach in Acadia National Park, Long Sands Beach in Southern Maine, or East Beach on Chappaquiddick Island. As someone who grew up visiting boulder-strewn beaches and rocky headlands, I'm used to seeing lots of seaweed and all the animals that live amongst it. Likewise, mudflats are laced with holes and piles of worm casts, hinting not so subtly about the animal life below the surface. Sandy beaches, however, not so much. I look out across them and I think, how does anything live here? The beaches I'm talking about are pretty high energy. Waves crash on the beach and run up the face. It's called the swash zone. These beaches are regularly reconfigured by storm waves, especially winter storms. How can an environment so dynamic support any significant life? When you approach a new ecosystem and you want to try to understand it, there are a variety of angles you can take. One is to think about habitat. Most of the intertidal zones I'm used to, the habitat is obvious and on the surface, or in the case of mudflats, the animals make it obvious where they are. On sandy beaches, the habitat is largely hidden. These beaches are made of sand, and to a geologist, the term has particular meaning. Sand is sediment whose particles range in diameter from 0.06 millimeters to 2 millimeters. Bigger than that is gravel, and smaller than that is mud. And while we think of sand as just the stuff on the beach, it's the habitat for most of what lives in this ecosystem. The habitat of a sandy beach is primarily interstitial space, the space between grains of sand below the surface. On average, this interstitial space makes up between 30 to 40% of the volume of any given sample of sand, though of course this varies depending on grain size. Water drains through this pore space, and is what makes sand habitable by the unique organisms that live there. If the grain size is too small, the water doesn't drain as well, and you end up with saturated mud that can quickly become anoxic. There are lots of organisms that have figured out how to live in anoxic mud, but they're largely tied to some kind of burrow that opens to the surface where they can get oxygen. Because the water drains through the sand, it creates a humid environment that typically still has lots of oxygen, and the animals that live in this habitat aren't necessarily dependent on links to the surface at all. The animals that exploit the spaces between grains of sand on the beach are called myofauna. Myo means medium, and medium is a good descriptor of these organisms, which aren't large. We call those macrofauna, most of what we see when we go to the beach. Crabs, snails, worms, sea slugs, clams, etc. And they aren't tiny, like microbes, things that are too small to see without a microscope. Myofauna, to be fair, are still pretty small, between half to two millimeters long, so a microscope can help if you want a good look, but they aren't invisible. Medium is also a good way to describe these organisms ecologically. They form a trophic or food bridge between the macrofauna and the microbial world. They link the invisible and the visible and help send energy and nutrients shuttling between the two. This group represents the largest biomass in a sandy beach environment and the highest biodiversity. Biomass means the living stuff by weight, and biodiversity means the most different types of stuff. Animals in this group come from all across the marine tree of life. Pretty much every class of larger invertebrate animal is represented in the myofauna, as well as several groups that are only found in the myofauna. 
This elite group has learned, evolutionarily, to live in tiny spaces by becoming miniaturized, elongated, and flexible in body form. They've adapted to a dynamic mobile environment by evolving organs that secrete adhesives, allowing them to stick to grains of sand. And because they never really need to come to the surface, they live in the dark, and many have reduced or lost both their pigments and vision completely. So when you next walk on a sandy beach, you aren't alone. Below your feet are millions and millions of tiny animals making their living in the tiny spaces between all those grains of sand. We'll take a look at some of those different types of animals in the coming weeks. This has been episode 69 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The show is produced on Wabanaki land. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and join us next week.